whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to a shocking vaccine report with the whistleblower report. Today, we bring news of a shocking development in the UK with big tech, specifically Microsoft and Bill Gates and his vaccine foundation, taking effective control of the UK's medicines and healthcare products regulatory agency in an illegitimate seizing of power over the entire regulatory authority for medicines and healthcare products in the UK. America, listen up. This is coming to our shores. The MHRA in England is equivalent to the FDA. And what my co-host, Dr. Mike Eden, and our team, Hedley Reese and Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe, are going to be describing today is a shocking coup, essentially, by Microsoft controlling all aspects of the medicines and health regulatory agency in England. The MHRA is no longer a supervised agency of parliament, they have just made it a sovereign agency making up its own rules. This is chilling. And the portent for America is also very alarming. Dr. Eden, would you tell us more about what has just happened in the UK with the internet and what, and, and what you just went through as the day before we are putting the show on and how that links in to what Bill Gates and Microsoft have been doing behind the scenes with the MHRNA, then then we'll hear from Hedley Reese more on that. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lee. As always, uh, great to speak to your subscribers. Um, So what's happened today? Um, is the government for the first time in history uh, warned all holders of mobile devices and any device that's internet connected that they intended to send uh, a practice emergency, so critical emergency response message. Um, And so if your phone was connected to the mobile network at roughly 3 p.m. UK time today, even if your phone... Uh, volume was down um, and all sorts of other settings were turned off. If you missed one crucial setting, your phone would go into 
like a siren mode, as loud as it was capable of going anyway. Um, and then a text warning comes up with flashing banners on it saying, you know, this is an emergency warning. It is a rehearsal. Uh, in the future, it says, attend to these messages and follow the instructions given for your safety. And then acknowledge, okay, you had to acknowledge it or your phone would not work. So I'm not in the UK right now. My wife and I are in, in France, uh, but we still chose to have our phones turned off and urged other people to do it because this is emblematic of control, folks. If you just look at it on its own, you'd say, ah, it's no big deal. It's just a it's another functionality. Wouldn't you like to know if there's a disaster? But folks, what I'm confident that what they will do is continue to terrify people. Uh, so imagine you turn it on and they say, there's a suspected nuclear explosion in Ukraine, and until we understand the fallout, stay in your house. People would stay at home. Um, or if they say, uh, you know, flying Ebola has hit in Dover, uh, go to your immediate, go immediately to your local health centre where you will receive your vaccination. People would go. So I, I, I'm very worried about it. And I say to people again and again, don't give them your fear. Even if anything you hear from us is frightening. Don't give them your fear, because I think most of it is a psyop, a psychological operation rather than practical. Uh, and there is this joke which we've heard of in the UK about people talking to an Amish guy and was asked, well, why weren't you affected by COVID-19? He said, we don't have a television. And it's not it's funny and not funny. It, the, yeah, that's it, right. This, the whole thing is a psyop, but it's more than that. It's more than a psyop because when you try and oppose it, many people are for, have fallen into the narrative. And I'm going to let I will defer to Headley and to Jonathan to describe what's actually happened. But the previous uh, um, um, wrapping safety wrapping around all medicines that you could tr rely on were the regulatory authorities that were previously staffed with extremely you know hardworking clever experienced people they knew what to look for in a regulatory submission they would integrate you know safety information that was emerging through VAERS or from yellow card systems and so on but and Headley describes this beautifully it's been hollowed out uh, it no longer works the way it should uh, and that's bad enough that would be bad enough if it wasn't working properly but as he will describe uh, it has become essentially a gun for hire, uh, a fee for service. And because it's uh, funded largely by voluntary donations, which I think is crackers, I think I think every federal agency, every UK government agency should be funded wholly and, and only by, by by taxpayers' funds because then you've got a chance of them working for you. Once, that, once you receive <laughs> private capital, then you, one has to accept that they're going to uh, follow that. So so that was the news on, on the alarms. Um, yeah, actually, just before I hand over, um, I was talking to a, a, a Jewish friend of mine in New York. Uh, she's called Brusha Weisberger. She's a tiny little Jewish lady. And from as early as 2020, she was standing on orange boxes on, on the corners in, in New York, warning people of what's happening. You know, she just kind of knew. Um, and uh, she points out to me that the main, she thinks the main reason why people believe forget the language, the BS that comes out of the TV is because we've, we've lost connection with our creator, whether you're Christian or Jewish, Muslim or whatever. I sincerely believe that if you if you believe in, in the higher power, and, and I do, and I think, I think many of us do, uh, 
you're not so easily knocked over by by human lies. But if you if you've lost all faith, I think you as the joke says, you don't believe in nothing. You believe in anything. You don't believe in yeah. You don't just believe in nothing. You believe any. You'll believe anything, and I think that's what's happened. So, Hedley, I think happy. you're right, Doctor Eden, and I and I want America to listen to what you said because that control of your phones is exactly what we've been warning about mm. that the big tech and telecom industry has the capability of doing here as well. And yeah. we, we already have quarantine detention centers that have been built in states across America that are just waiting for those directives to be implemented. So this is very chilling what you've just been through in the UK and what Headley's going to talk now about with Microsoft's control of the MHRA in England. I find that just very frightening. So yeah. Headley, tell us what's yeah. been going on. Yes, thanks, Dr. Lee. Well, I attended an MHRA symposium on good distribution practice, the standards that companies have to adhere to to distribute drugs uh, around the world. And I was absolutely shocked. I've known the MHRA um, since 2010, um, when I chaired the Global Outsourcing Conference, uh, co-sponsored by FDA and Xavier University in Cincinnati. And all the adults, we used to have a, a speaker every year from a senior speaker every year coming there, uh, knowledgeable, skilled, you know, knew their stuff. Listening to the symposium, it was basically just juniors, you know, uh, uh, you, you felt the understaffing of it. You felt that, you know, the, the, the people giving presentations were, were talking to a script and the script basically was um, we are going to control everything with Microsoft products. So I had a conversation with uh, Ian Rees at MHRA. I, I just retired, but he was head of innovation and uh, uh, accelerating uh, drug improvements. And that was on Microsoft Teams. Um, and in the symposium, it uh, was declared that they'd been using Microsoft HoloLens 2 for virtual inspections. And HoloLens 2 is a virtual reality uh, piece of software where, and I'm not an, you know, I'm not a technical expert, but <clears throat> you put a sort of, you know, uh, um, something on your head, which is a got a camera and and whatever. So for the inspections, they would get the company to go round their facility themselves with this thing on their head. And, and clearly, they'd only show what they wanted the MHRA to show. And they were doing um, de basically desk inspections. So they weren't going to the facilities. So they weren't finding out what was happening in the facilities. Now, you imagine in terms of environmental health, if they stopped inspecting restaurants and you know other other facilities that are uh, uh, providing food 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 for you know for, for uh, in restaurants etc. If they weren't inspected physically for twelve or eighteen months, you know people would be going down with food poisoning all over the place. 
And the same has happened here. These virtual inspections are about as useful as a chocolate teapot because they're not picking up the issues. They, they, they're not, um, you know, kicking the tires physically there and understanding what's what's going wrong. So that's the sort of um, the way they've been doing the inspections. And then they've got, um, uh, what, what would you call it? Microsoft Azure, which again is a machine learning and virtual reality piece of software. And that's in the frame. Uh, they're talking about global surveillance of the, the medicines industry. Um, so I, I won't overgo the, 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 the lily here, but for sure, um, because we know that uh, the former CEO of the MHRA, Dr. Ian Hudson, works for Bill Gates, has done since 2019. He has also set up a duplicate regulatory body called the International Coalition of Medicines, uh, Medical Regulatory Affairs. We know that this has all been set up through the UK, through the MHRA, and uh, we've got the Microsoft involved to get this global, uh, and, and it's not just medicines, these products go across all industries. So you can see how once it gets established in medicines and healthcare, you could roll these um, th these Microsoft products out across other industry sectors. So uh, it, it is really scary. And at the end of it, the keynote um, the the keynote pr uh, address from uh, uh, James Pound was frightening because he was basically saying. The UK wants to become number one in the world for life sciences. And MHRA is now a sovereign regulatory body. So it's bigger than the F FDA. It's bigger than any other regulatory body in the world because it's actually part of government. So it can change its own regulation. And it has done. It's moved to point of care manufacture where hospitals can manufacture these advanced therapies, these gene therapies, themselves they can take the frozen vaccines that were um that, that that we had with covid and they can do all the the finishing operations that always came under the 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 heading of manufacture you know you cannot change the state of a medicine unless you use the quality system of good manufacturing uh, practice and they've done away with that. They've done away with the falsified medicines directive, which is the safety net for counterfeit and adulterated medicines. They just and and the thing is, the whole industry has been global has been uh, harmonised globally for years. So if the UK changes its regulations, potentially it won't be able to supply markets like the US market, like the European market because they won't be aligned with the expectations of FDA and the European Medicines Agency. I don't think they've realized that. But, you know, if, if you reduce your standards, which is what they're doing on both good manufacturing and good distribution practice, then other countries that work the highest standards are going to say, no, you know, we're not going to accept your products. But um, Henley, the FDA has already dropped our standards so in the u.s so it may well be 
that they are already in lockstep and we just simply don't know it. Oh, yes. Oh, it, it is lock, absolutely lockstep. Uh, and the whole industry is part of this. What, what, what I will say, I'll, I'll say this, um, and, you know, I absolutely stand by this. The pharma industry has outsourced all its physical uh, development, manufacturing and distribution, physical assets and people. And because of that, less and less drugs have been coming to market over the last 30 years. And investors have become very uh, uneasy with that because they've been used to blockbuster returns. So last chance saloon now, because things like the gene therapy that Novartis launched in 2017, Kimria, it's $475,000 for one treatment. And the hospital has to spend similar amounts of money uh, to take the cells from the patient and to be part of the whole uh, uh, drug administration process. So um, we've, they're finding that these drugs aren't selling. The Kimria the is not selling. Uh, and the side effects are horrific, very similar to COVID, neurological toxicities and uh, cytokine release syndrome. And if you Google Kimria on the internet, you can see the, the patient information leaflet with a major warning on it. And the patient has to be enlisted into a particular program to make sure that they, that they have the proper safety, uh, safety rules applied. So ultimately, all the gene therapies have had to be so expensive because it's a very small patient population. We've had Glybera, which was a million pounds, uh, and that fell over. And the other gene therapies, they are sort of like 600,000, 500,000. You know, it's not going to make the money. They're not selling. So in my estimation, they have said, well, let's turn a gene therapy into a vaccine. We could sell those for $20 a pop, say. So and we, if we administer that to the world, Suddenly, we're making blockbuster profits again, and that's what Pfizer have done. They've made $100 billion. I don't know how much Moderna have made, billions. So they think they've got this whole new blockbuster strategy, but it's not going to work because you cannot make gene therapies safely. You know, it's uh, you just as well say, well, I can fly to, to Mars and back in, you know, in an afternoon, and, you know, you have to believe me. I, I cannot tell you how impossible it is to make gene therapies with the current infrastructure and the way the, the industry works as a one-size-fits-all industry. Now, I don't know if that makes sense or not, Dr. Lee. Well, it, it makes sense that you can't make these complex gene therapy products rapidly, nor can you do the safety testing and do the clinical trials properly, that takes years. So everything you say makes sense. It's very chilling in terms of the damage being unleashed on human beings. And now they're moving it into the veterinary market and they're talking about vaccinating plants. So taking control of human, animal and plant life with using these gene therapy technologies to modify all of them is a very chilling portent 
for what humanity is facing that affects our survival. Uh, Dr. Eden, Dr. Gilthorpe, your comments on my concerns there? Uh, I can hop in, Dr. Lee. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's extremely interesting that this agenda that's clearly been in the planning phases for a number of years is now starting to come out very quickly and we're starting to see who's who the players are. Um, I mean, Microsoft's power grab during the COVID-19 pandemic has been enormous. Our whole university system, and I think almost every university in the world, has switched over to using Microsoft Teams as a common platform for communication, teaching, you know, delivering lectures, um, and many companies as well. And and there isn't another platform really that has the versatility of Teams. Teams isn't very good for many reasons, but there's nothing of that caliber. So they've more or less cornered the entire digital communication market in the whole business sector, I would say. Yeah, and uh, perhaps the uh, perhaps the contribution I would make uh, for those who who um, maybe not up, fully up to speed with all those awful things that have gone on uh, is the in the influence of uh, a small number of people on the uh, publishing um, uh, aspect of medicine. We normally think of peer review review journal articles in you know the premier journals like the Lancet in the UK or New England Journal of Medicine in the US, we normally think if, you, if the paper's there, then you know you can probably rely on it being, being correct and unbiased. But that's not so. That what has happened over the last 25 years or so is that very large funding bodies all in the same uh, circle as, as Mr. Gates. So I'm thinking you know, Anthony Fauci in the National Institutes of Health, uh, um, Jeremy Farrar, um, late of the Wellcome Trust, you know, a fifty billion dollar behemoth of private funding, uh, and, uh, and and Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, together, someone estimated that something of the order of two thirds of the world's non-commercial uh, sort of biological research was funded at least in part by grants from those three bodies. So here's the thing that you end up, they end up with enormous control over universities, what they will, what they will publish, the kind of people they would give professorships to. Uh, and also uh, the same thing has happened to, to the journals, all of the uh, editorial staffs, uh, the editors of these journals gradually, they may not even be aware of it themselves. If you take, if you take the shilling, uh, you know, you're going to render to Caesar what is Caesar's. You know, you take the money, then the uh, basically, I this is awful. I've been 42 years in uh, biomedical sciences from training to today, and I no longer trust the biomedical literature. I couldn't do my job if I was starting again because I'm not saying it's all fraud, but the point is, I think there is significant concern that important information is not honest despite being in formerly good quality peer reviewed journals. And it's a bit like um, uh, you know, the um, mortgage crisis that you have, subprime mortgage crisis. Once you have, once you've got a sufficient uh, amount of the stuff that that lenders uh, know or creditors know isn't good, they lose confidence in the whole. And that's what I'm describing for the biomedical literature. So it's an adjunct control mechanism. Uh, when people say, "Oh, I need to see a paper on that assertion you just made, Doctor Eden," uh, and and they'll tap a paper that they've got, and I'm thinking. It's probably a crooked paper, but how, how do I, you know, how am I going to counter that? Anyway, so I've used a lot of time, but 
there's a lot of control going on. It's, there's no question about it. The actual numbers uh, of of the grants, the billions of dollars that has flown through uh, 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 Farrar, uh, um, uh, Fauci, and Christopher Elias, uh, Christopher Elias, who I think is the point person for Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, that those three people apparently who go back you know, quite a long way, maybe decades, uh, has had enormous and malign influence on this important aspect of science and medicine. I am a living example of that, Dr. Mike, because, you know, working in scientific research as I do, I've lost almost all belief in the system. Uh, mm. And with that, a whole deal of motivation, because when you see what's happened with uh, the mRNA products, you know, and how easily these very toxic, dangerous things have been rolled out on the world's population. And you think, okay, well, I'd like to find a cure for ALS, motor neuron disease, which I've spent mm. 15 years trying to do. Uh, if I found one tomorrow, what's the likelihood I could get it to market? Almost zero. Yeah. Uh, it was very low before, but, you know, when people will lose total hope, the, the honest people, the honest scientists, which actually are, some of them are getting a bad name, um, on telegram etc now because scientists have been lumped together as a group yeah. uh, but you know those real honest scientists like you and i were are being are, are losing motivation and we'll go and do something else instead yeah i agree it's, uh, it's it becomes a tragedy of the commons that there's enough this this is normal unfortunately when you get crooks in business it drives out you know, yeah. uh, uh, it drives out the good stuff so yeah. Of the many things we need to fix, this is one of them. Because it's—I remember—I mean, honestly, um, it, it's a—it's a, an honourable thing to do what you're doing, Jonathan. And, and I like to think same for me and, and you, Headley, too, in terms of trying to bring you know, new medicines to market that that have a good chance of helping people and with an acceptable safety profile. And I know that my peers and people like me—that's all we ever wanted to do. That's why. We went into research. We're not interested in the marketing side of things. And you know, it's horrifying the degree of corruption. And it makes me not want to contribute to what used to be called the most, the last truly important organized game for adults was uh, Sir James Black, a Nobel laureate. Uh, he used to call it with a twinkle, the most important uh, organized game for adults. <laughs> and that's what I felt. And it's, it's corrupted. Yeah. Well, what what ad, what action steps as we go into the second half? Let's think about talking with our listeners about what action steps they need to take to protect themselves. But right now, let's take a break at this point. I know we've brought up some very serious problems, very alarming problems, and let's think about <clears throat> in the second half to focus on. What are our options? What are the solutions for what we face? This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report. And this is the Vaccine Report. Listen to us every day at the whistleblowerreports.org website, America Out Loud Talk Radio, Cloud Hub, and Rumble. And follow us on Twitter at Truth for Health. And don't forget Headley's Inside Pharma on Substack. We'll be right back after the break. AmericaOutloud.com 
If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discussed the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome to the second half of the Whistleblower Report Vaccine Report with my co-host, Dr. Mike Eden, and our experts from the UK and Sweden, Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe and Hedley Reese. We are bringing you an update on what has been going on under the radar with Microsoft's coup of the control of the UK Medicines and Health Products Regulatory Agency and how that is playing out through the universities and research institutions and research journals so that we are prevented from getting the truth in medicine and health. Dr. Gilthorpe, you were going to bring up something that you're familiar with that happened a number of years ago, and Andrew Bridgen, member of parliament in the UK, was describing this in a recent interview. So since he's unable to join us today, would you update our listeners on that situation that shows how long this takeover of control has been in the planning stages? Yes, I can do, Dr. Lee. Um, I, I was in a, actually helping to host a conference in Stavanger in Norway last weekend, which is why I couldn't be on the show. Uh, and it was a conference called Spotlight um, Issues of Our Time, organized by a Norwegian organization called Binders. That's the name for Paperclip, which was the sign of the resistance in uh, World War II against the Nazis. So the 
resistance members would wear a paperclip on their lapel uh, and Children's Health Defence Europe that helped to co-host the conference. Uh, Sashi Latipova was there, um, Philip Cruze, who's a, a well-known uh, Swiss um, lawyer that's taking on the Swiss MHRA called Swiss Medic, uh, etc. So it's a very good conference. Uh, and Andrew Bridgen MP was there and spoke. So I got to talk to him, which was good. I think Mike met him recently as well. So we're hoping to get him on the show sometime soon. Um, but he told a very he told two very interesting stories actually that relates to this. The first was that when he was first elected as member of parliament in 2010 for his constituency of Northwest Leicestershire, he arrived in um the halls of Westminster as a new MP, had no office, so he had to sit and work on his laptop in the corridors. And then there was a coalition government was formed then because the Tory party didn't have a majority. They formed a coalition with the Liberal Democrats and the Tory head of the Tory party, David Cameron, who was a longtime friend of Boris Johnson, was elected as prime minister. So he called all his MPs to a weekly meeting. And this was the first one Andrew had ever been to sat there waiting for Cameron to come in and address them all. And who should walk through the door behind them, behind Cameron, but Bill Gates. And David Cameron wheeled Bill Gates in front of all the Tory MPs, and he drove the first meeting with the new government um, to say that, you know, vaccines are the next great thing. This is how much money they were investing them in them, and this is how much they were going to make. Uh, and Andrew said he was just horrified that, uh, you know, this... <laughs> But it's a true story. He he was there. Um, so I, I think one thing we could definitely talk about in this section about how to change things is that we really need to get behind and, and support these few uh, honest politicians that are around. I mean, there's always one or two in each country. For example, Senator Ron Johnson that stands up for, for truth and freedom. Andrew Bridgen in the UK. Um, he, I mean, total warriors in my mind. This guy is 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 standing up against all sorts of uh, harassment from the government, and usually labelled as a you know Russian financed anti-vaxxer. Um, but he's doing a tremendous job, and and he won't let go. He, he's he's standing up for truth. Um, yeah. The other story that he mentioned was um, there's something called the post office scandal in the UK. So. Uh, the post office is is like a, a bank, really, and they had uh, branches in every little, every single village in Britain, and many of them have closed now. But the postmasters that ran the post offices were essentially had very a great deal of responsibility for dealing with stamps, with uh, postage stamps, with money, with checks, and things like this. And that they had a, a system to run this. Um, I forgot the name of it, but it was introduced by a company called Fujitsu, Japanese company, which incidentally is very closely linked to Microsoft. Um, so it turned out that this banking system uh, was not fit for purpose. Fujitsu had employed hundreds of people to fix the books every night to make it look like the system worked, but it didn't actually work. So it was losing massive amount of money, which they were fixing by cooking the books. Uh, and Andrew Bridgen was actually one of the people that uncovered this conspiracy, uh, or sorry, this um, um, controversy, the illegal act by uh, Fujitsu, which has become known as the, the post office scandal. It's it's a huge story in the UK, actually. 
uh, which the you know powers that be are trying to bury, I think, but they can't because it's such a big uh, thing, and the post office is central to many British people's daily lives. So I think one thing we can definitely try to do is get behind these people that are are trying to make a difference and support them with you know as much as we can. Well, that's exactly right, and all of you know that we've invited. Member of Parliament Andrew Bridgen to join us to help share his message with people here in America as soon as his schedule allows. I'd very much like to have him sound the alarm for all of us over on this side of the Atlantic. I can share the link to the conference, Dr. Lee, and the timing for Andrew Bridgen's speech if people would like to listen to that. It's about 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Yes, I think we should put that in our notes for today's show and let people listen to his warnings and what he has personally witnessed. It ties in with the controls that Dr. Eden started off talking about today and what Hedley Reese is presenting about the control, the surreptitious takeover of the MHRA in the UK. And I suspect more of that may be going on with the FDA in the United States than we Americans know as well. Can I just yeah, say well, something? Can I just say something here, Dr. Lee, just on the Bill Gates? He has a track record of creating unfair monopolies. He was taken uh, for competitive behavior to the European Union at a heavy fine for trying to lock users of Microsoft Windows to use his Internet Explorer, uh, um, uh, in, in, Internet search engine. So he realizes once you've got a monopoly, then, you know, you, you're going to make a lot of money. And in pharma, because of the patent system or the patent system, I should say patent for <laughs> for my U.S. colleagues, um, once you've got a patent and you've got an approval to sell, you've got at least a billion dollar product. So he cottoned on to that. And because he at Microsoft, they caught they caught him uh, uh, trying to lock people in. I'm sure he thought, well, I'll do a lot better if I move into pharmaceuticals, because then the monopolies that you get from patents are really, really profitable. Yeah, and I think this is also the reason that he moved into the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, you know, following on from Rockefeller example, that if you set up a philanthropic organization, you can get away with more more or less anything. Mm. Um, Because he was also um, prosecuted in the US, I think, wasn't he, for this same... um, same thing, bundling Microsoft Inter Explorer with with the operating software. And that's yeah. the interview you watch of him then when he was in front of the congressional hearing where he's rocking backwards and forwards and, and won't answer any questions. I mean, mm. you clearly see what kind of psychopath the guy is. <laughs> I'm afraid so. If, if I could jump in, I just want to just bring the things together. And as Dr. Lee mentioned before the break, action points. So uh, you, you, the listeners may... They may be snorting, may saying, you know, we're we're you know inventing conspiracies where they don't exist. But I'll but I'll point out a few things to you that um, there's all the people on this call 
uh, have the education, training and experience to be able to tell you with certainty, as I do right now, that these mRNA, quotes, vaccines are not legitimate. They never could be, given the tiny amount of time relative to the amount of time required to make these properly. So we could go into great details, but they are not legitimate. And then as a discovery biologist, I've described in the past that when you force your body to express whatever is encoded uh, in this mRNA, it won't be you. It'll be uh, something foreign, like maybe a vi- piece of a virus. The key thing is the phrase is non-self, that the, the way your body keeps itself pristine, doesn't attack itself, but can really go to war with an invading pathogen is that, that what, you, what you do in early development is you, um, uh, you, you make all of your cells that could attack yourself basically uh, commit suicide and go away. It's called clonal deletion, clonal deletion. And that means that all the weapons you retain to fight non-self are armed and dangerous. And so when non-self is presented in your body, which it will be, that's how these things work, um, then you will set up autoimmune destruction of every tissue into which they travel. So I'm, I'm afraid, I don't think they've got, you know, then it's, some people think, oh, it's a difficult start of promising technology. No, no, no. That these... You cannot make a safe product for, for general public use based on mRNA encoding of foreign, foreign protein. You cannot. I promise you, as a toxicologist and someone who understands immunology, and then even if they were straightforward, they have not been made properly. And so the conclusion from, from this little spiel is do not subject yourself and please don't allow family, friends, associates, people that are important to you to subject themselves to the sleeve rolling up injection of any products that say mRNA, they're dangerous. And I, I personally believe that they're designed, were intentionally designed to injure, maim and kill. And guess what? You know, if, if they, they and believe they're rolling all existing uh, vaccines into this so-called uh, platform, then, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to think someone is trying to significantly reduce the population of the planet. So don't take... Please don't take these mRNA injections for about five different reasons to do with lack of regulatory control, but just their very design is, is inherently dangerous. The other thing I would say, say is um, that there's a lot of tech control. We've, I've talked today a little bit about mobile phones and, and, and the government uh, being able to message people directly. And I'm, I'm afraid, uh, you know, God love them. People generally want to trust their government and their doctor and so on. And so if they're told there's, there's this problem and they should take action A, B and C, a lot of people will just do it. Now, if you're a bad hat, imagine the malign uh, control that you can have over people. So, so I would say, um, you know, be, be very skeptical about whatever it is that you're being told. Use cash at every, every opportunity. And, and also something else that's occurred to me as someone, I, I was kind of brought up in a Christian household, but a little bit lukewarm, uh, and probably through my most of my life, I didn't really think about religion. But it occurred to me during the crisis that what that the one of the things that has made it um, very easy for people to be fooled is that we've fallen out of out of love with our Creator. You know, whether you're a Muslim, a Jewish person, Christian person, it, certainly in Europe, very few people, certainly in the northern part of Europe, profess faith. And, and I, I urge you, those of you who still have you know, an ember of faith uh, to look inside yourself uh, and you know, respect your, your creator and use that different context, as it were, to uh, as a filter for the 
rubbish that you're being told that's designed to make you frightened and compliant. And I think we will over, we will overcome it if we basically align ourselves to the light, I guess is my amateur phrase. Anyway, I'll stop there. No, I, th- I think you're right. Um, Dr. Yeadon, one of the things that people need to understand, and we've presented a number of shows on this, is that transhumanism refers, the correct definition is Satan's plan to alter human beings Mm. so that we are no longer able to communicate with our creator. These mRNA shots, just as you said, are triggering the non-self protein autoimmune reaction in the brain, leading to brain inflammation and disordered function of the brain from mood regulation, sleep, pain regulation, nerve damage, cognitive damage, executive thinking is impaired, judgment is impaired, emotional volatility is all part of the brain inflammation syndrome, which is by design to alter our brain from the way God made it which includes the spiritual connection with our creator. This is absolutely physiologically correct, as well as the warning that you've given Mm. and the fact that we are making choices. Human beings are given free will. We are making choices to turn away from God and focus on government as God. Mm. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to add one more thing uh, because I can imagine if, if someone's listening and they, they've got, you know, uh, white coated people and people with ties on the TV on one hand, then you've got this ragtag group of people giving you warnings. So all of the people on this call have got multiple decades of experience in their field. They have, none of us have got any incentive to tell you this other than we sincerely believe it to be true. No one's, no one's being paid to do this. As far as I know, no one is even receiving significant donations, maybe travel expenses, that might be all. So so I would say to you this, that you can choose if you want to believe what the government tells you. I've, I believe that you will lose your freedom and possibly your life. If, on the other hand, you pay heed to what the Truth for Health Foundation, Dr. Lee and other people are warning you about, I would say if you follow, follow us and we're wrong, the worst that will happen is someone will laugh at you. So... When you compare these two choices, they're not faintly, well, uh, evenly balanced. They're not symmetrical. A rational person at this point, if you just heard what I just said, a rational person would say, I'm going to choose not to believe the government for a while. So because the risks, the downside risks, so is the fear. I think this is the biggest threat we've ever faced as a species. Um, and as I say, if you if you start paying attention, ask questions, be a little bit unreasonable, uh, follow some of the things we are saying. The worst that will happen is people will laugh at you. It's not. It's it's, it's totally livable with. So that was that's what I would close with. No, I, th- I think that's critical. Hadley and and Dr. Gilthorpe, your comments. Um. I would just say, just news came out. So, if if anyone is is thinking that perhaps the you know mRNA vaccine products have not had a significant effect, um, there's some news just came out. So maybe you've heard or not, but there's a significant amount of excess deaths that's associated with the vaccine rollouts, not with COVID itself. So there there's clear evidence in 
almost every country it's been looked at that there's increased excess deaths up to 20% in countries such as Germany. Um, so the German Pension Authority, DRV, just came out with a statement to say that they'd, they, they were going to be underfunded by 6.5 billion euros this year. But because the higher mortality has filtered through in Germany this year, due to vaccines, I would say, uh, they're now in plus 2.1 billion euros. So the government's just gained, or the vaccine, sorry, the, the pensions authorities have just gained 8 billion euros because of the effects of these toxic, deadly mRNA products. And also lockdowns and other, you know, mask wearing and other unhealthy things that happened during the, the pandemic. But, uh, you know, like Mike mentioned, there, there are people that think the world is overpopulated and we should reduce it down to, a, a, you know, half a billion people. Um, the elite uh, that think in this way. There is another very good lecture at the start of the Stavanger Conference by Jacob Jakob Nordengård, who is a Swedish author that's written about the future world brain. So he goes through very carefully um, how this idea of futurism, which is what you were talking about, Dr. Lee, basically technocracy um, or or transhumanism that, you know, computers can tr control people better than people can control people using the creator as their inspiration. Uh, that's a really good lecture to watch. I would encourage anyone to watch that because it gives you a good perspective over the history behind this. And that that is at the beginning of the SpotCon Stavanger yeah. conference. I can give you the timing for Jakob's uh, presentation and also for um, uh, Andrew Bridgen. Yes, if you will email that to me, I will get it into the description so that our listeners can. I'll give the link and the name of the conference. It's sponsored actually by Children's Health Defense uh, European organization. Yeah. So I think it's well worth our listeners taking the time to listen to these warnings about what's coming from Europe all the way across the ocean to us if it's not already here. And I think in many ways we are in lockstep with what's happening in Europe and the UK Australia and Canada, I think um, it hasn't been disclosed to the American people in the same way that all of you are aware of what's going on in Europe. But isn't that convenient that killing people saved the government money and so now they have a budget surplus? seems to provide motivation for the government crimes against humanity, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly doesn't give them an incentive to investigate. At the very can least. I a, can I add a perspective here, Dr. Lee, from my sort of farmer experience? I've been studying this industry a long time. And I mentioned earlier that the, the, the big farmer companies are no longer big in terms of the, the, the size of the people they employ, um, they outsourced all their facilities, their employees 30 years ago, and now they have to buy every, every service they have. So they have to buy in the manufacture of their products, they have to buy in the distribution of the products, they have to buy even their HR services. So there's a whole industry now that is on big farmers, payroll or, or, or big farmer is paying their 
their way and that applies to their contractors. So contractors like Lonza, the biggest in the world, contract manufacturers, they will be paid handsomely by the, the, the $100 billion um, plus uh, profits from these vaccines. So if, say, if Pfizer was suddenly to fail, if uh, they were uh, found out for, for what they're doing, the whole of the industry would implode because all the big pharma companies, not just Pfizer, they're all uh, colluding together. GSK particularly is at the center of this because GSK is in the UK. It's a global industry. So Richard Sykes, um, who was the CEO of uh, GSK, was also the chair of the vaccine task force in the UK. So you can see this is a this is a big pharma net. So we've got GSK, Novartis, Pfizer, um, Sanofi. We've got all the big pharma companies all colluding with its suppliers because you know obviously they they um, they have to be part of it. So. Um, the scale of this is enormous. So, you know, just say tomorrow Pfizer suddenly lost the court case and they went bust. What's going to happen next? All these companies that have been surviving off the big pharma profits are suddenly going to be saying, oh, hang on, you're not paying us anymore. There'll be court cases. You know, we've got to start thinking now about what we are going to do when these companies fail because they're not going to go away. The, the medicines are not going to go away. We still need need medicines for, you know, the patients are dependent on. We need anesthetic gases. We need painkillers. We need all these things. The industry is going to potentially collapse. So that's... Well, I think that's what they, what they're, what the goal is ultimately, Hadley. Don't, don't all of you see that this is all about collapsing the economy collapsing successful companies killing a depopulation and moving towards the same chinese communist model that is operative in china where only one player comes out controlling it all i think many of the elites in the us that think they're going to be in control are playing with fire in assuming that the Chinese Communist Party and its leaders are, are even going to let them survive any more than they want the rest of us to survive. I, I, think, I think the collapse of, is by design. Yeah, I, I think so, Dr. Lee. We're, we're trying to be collapsed into a new financial system. But I see what's happening really is an echo of what happened in, in communist Russia with Stalin. I mean, he also, you know, employed people to look after the food supply, which were totally incompetent, which meant that there was no food produced. <laughs> they then took all the grain from Ukraine and starved everyone in Holodomor and many millions died then. But, you know, you, you can't, like Headley says, you can't replace real endeavor and real knowledge with just um, made up regulations and, and, and plastic uh, well, lipstick on a pig, basically. In the end, exactly has to play right. out. No, exactly right. And just to clarify, GSK is GlaxoSmithKline for people in America who may not know that abbreviation. It, it, as Headley said, it is a major global company based in the UK. 
Well, I think all of us have been bringing some very alarming warnings to the public. This is a time to be looking at doing everything you can do naturally with lifestyle, healthy foods, and proper supplements that still are not under the control of big pharma to get your body as healthy as possible and minimize your reliance on pharmaceuticals. But also remember Dr. Yeadon's warning when he said unequivocally, the whole concept on which the mRNA technology is based is dangerous and flawed. It is designed to cause injury to your body by injecting you with non-self generating technology. And that causes your body to start attacking itself. America and all of you around the world listening, as Dr. Yeadon and Dr. Gilthorpe and Hedley Reese and I have all said, you're listening to people who each have nearly 35 to 40 years experience in the areas we are discussing today. Don't ignore our warnings. Your life is at stake. We will be back tomorrow with another whistleblower report. Listen to us at thewhistleblowerreports.org, America Out Loud Talk Radio, Cloud Hub, Rumble, and follow us on Twitter. Go to our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Donate to support our fight for your medical freedom, your life, your freedom. And sign up for our email alerts. Join us in our Faith Over Fear seminar every Tuesday night in our virtual community, helping you strengthen your faith and overcome the fear-mongering that they are assaulting us with. We are silent no more. Join our efforts at Truth for Health Foundation.